It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Pass thrown, there was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are getting to know the big prospects that the Jets might be drafting at number 11 at offensive tackle. When you pick at number 11, you don't necessarily have your choice. And for the Jets, you're keeping your fingers crossed that one of these guys is going to fall to them. One of the ones I really like and I've been talking about for a while, I think his upside is insane. And I think even if he doesn't hit his upside, he'll still be good is Mekhi Becton of Louisville, just a monster of a man. And when you watch his film, it stands out how he throws guys around. And I believe Joe Thomas once referred to him as a potential generational talent. So he's somebody that we should really dive into, not just on the film, which Joe Blewett will do, but also wanted to talk to somebody who was on the ground covering him at Louisville because you remember when I did the quarterback series back in 2018, we did that and we learned a lot about Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield. So I went out and got the best there is on the Louisville beat, Cameron Teague Robinson of the Courier Journal. Cameron, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. So let's talk about Makai Becton. First of all, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when I say his name? Uh, huge human being. Um, I guess I, I guess huge human being with a, a very big heart. Um, I think if you talk to a lot of people around him, which I did, cause I did a few big pieces on him this year. Um, they refer to him as a gentle giant. He's a, he's a, he's a force on the field, but he's a, he's a great person off the field as well. Let's talk about him as a person, because as you said, you did a couple of profiles on him. What should we know about Makai Becton beyond what he does on the football field? What kind of person is he? Yeah, he's he. So I, I spent, um, I think it was week two of the season. I spent the evening with the offensive line because um, they had dinner at their coach's house. Um, and at that time, it was an offensive line that was still had a lot of questions. I mean, they were really bad last year. Um, gave up a ton of sacks. Didn't really run block well. Um, and then you wanted to see how they interacted together and if they'd be able to kind of put the chemistry together. And I mean, just, I mean, Mikai was just over there. He just a jokester, uh, laughing at all times. Um, really easy to talk to, um, especially at least around the people he, he is comfortable around. Um, he's a really good leader. He led that team all season. Um, he was kind of their vocal leader and obviously their leader on the field. Um, he was he's just, I don't know, he's one of those people you kind of just gravitate to. Um, you, can, you, can, you root for people like Makai because he's a genuine, genuinely good kid. So you would say that his teammates and coaches really like him? Oh, man, they love him. Yeah, for sure. I, you, I, you couldn't get any of them to say one bad thing about Makai, for sure. One thing that I thought was interesting is how tenacious and how motivated he seems to be 
especially for a guy his size. I was reading a story about how his father in Virginia, where Makai grew up, was buying up a lot of those preseason magazines heading into 2019, and none of them had him as an all-ACC selection. And so he said he was determined, based on reading that, to become all-ACC just to prove all those people wrong. That's the type of mentality that he has that he brings out on the football field that he just wants to prove everybody wrong and be the absolute best that he can be at all times. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, with all those preseason things, I think I was really shocked as well. I mean, I, obviously, I had a vote for all I could see, and I think one of the first tackles I put down was Makai. Um, so I think a lot of people in Louisville were shocked to see that. But I do think he was uh, motivated by that. Makai just, he always has a chip on his shoulder. He, he not only wants to be the best on the field at all times, um, but he also wants to prove a lot of people that he is the best and prove a lot of people are wrong. Um, and I think you saw that a lot this year. Um, he played with such force and tenacity as the season went on. Um, you could tell he really wants to be the best lineman in the ACC. And then going from a guy who wasn't even on the preseason ACC list to the Jacobs Blocking Trophy Award winner um, shows just how much of a step he made and just how much he, just how much respect he gained from coaches and media around the conference. A lot of people don't realize that Mekhi Becton was teammates with Lamar Jackson. He was a freshman when Lamar was in yeah. his final season. But talk to me a little bit about what you know about their relationship and how the two of them helped each other. Yeah, Lamar still still talks to the guys here a lot. Um, Lamar's another one of these guys who's really grounded, um, really doesn't really forget his roots. Um, and Mekhi was a freshman All-American. I think that's a lot of things people forget. But he was on the, he was on the right side of that line. He switched to the left tackle position his sophomore year. Um, so I think even that adds to some of his draft stock because he's able to play both sides um, and play him well. Um, but Lamar, I mean, Lamar, even it's not even just with Makai. I think Mikhail Cunningham is the quarterback here now. A lot of the guys here still talk to Lamar a lot. Um, and it's just one of the things that I think this program has done a pretty good job at with. They, they do stay connected to a lot of the pro guys when they leave. So you would say that Makai Becton and Lamar Jackson helped each other in terms of Makai Becton being able to help protect Lamar as a freshman All-American and then Lamar with his guidance on a young Makai Becton? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm not sure exactly how much Lamar and Makai talk, but I know that if Makai needs anything, I know Lamar will be there, and vice versa. If Lamar ever needs anything now, Makai will be there. That's just the type of people those two are. Um, they will always be there for their teammates, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about Dwayne Ledford, because from what I understand, when he yeah. showed up in Louisville this past year, he helped take Mekhi Becton's game to the next level, because up until this year, there were a ton of questions about his ability in pass protection, and there are still some questions, and we'll get into the film with Joe Blewett tomorrow, but... What I wanted to know about was Dwayne Ledford's style as the offensive coordinator and as the offensive line coach. He's known as an offensive line guru. What did he do for Makai Becton? Yeah, he's a, a couple of things he told Makai when he came here, I think when they first even looked at film, was that one, he wanted Makai to finish more. Um, and I'm, by me finish, I mean throw people to the sideline, throw them on the ground. Um, Ledford's really big into just the physicality of the line. Um, and you saw that in a lot of guys this year, not even just Makai. Um, the whole line took that step. Um, but also, really, he's really big with um, their, their ability to start. Start fast um, is something he tells them a lot. Um, and I think you saw Makai really, really buy into that. Everything Leopard told him as the season went on, um, he had a great game against Clemson. I mean, a dominating game against Clemson. He, in a game Louisville got manhandled at Kentucky, he was great in that game. He was unbelievable against Syracuse. You just saw him really buy into a lot of things Leopard wanted him to do, which is finish hard, start fast. Um, they worked on his body. 
I mean, Makai might be 365 pounds, but he doesn't look it. He's not holding. He's not. He's not holding flabby fat. It's just it's muscle. It's it's firm on his body. Um, so I they he really bought into a lot of things the staff wanted. And I think a lot of it was because he wanted to win again. I think when you're you have a two and ten season like they did, um, you want people to come in and motivate you. And I think Ledford and Satterfield did that, and Mike Seriano, the strength coach, did that, and Makai bought in right away. What has Ledford said about Makai Becton? Does he believe in him strongly in terms of taking his game to the next level in the oh, NFL? Yeah, yeah. I think, and I sat down with Ledford. I think right before the combine, we talked about this, and he, he said, um, "And this is the guy who's coached a lot of NFL guys." Talking about Garrett Bradbury, who was the first round pick last year for the uh, Green Bay Packers, and a lot, a lot of guys he coached. Um, he, he thinks Makai could be a long time starter. I mean, he's just. He's so he's so versatile and so powerful, um, but he's also really young. Like Makai still has things to clean up. His technique could be a little bit better, and obviously, like you said, there's still some worries about what he can do with pass protection. Which I think he only gave up three sacks in his career at Louisville, so um, I think he'll be fine there. Um, but he, um, he he's just, he's just young. He's 20 years old, hasn't turned 21 yet. This is the, I mean, he's got so much potential. Um, and I think that's what Ledford stressed the most is that this guy is really, really young and really talented already. He's yet to play his best football. I mean, once he does, he'll be a long-time starter in the NFL. Does Ledford believe that Mekhi Becton can play left or right at the NFL level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, he, he did it well here for two years and then did it as a freshman All-American his freshman year. Um, so I, 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 do think he, I do think he can play both, and I think a lot of people – um, especially in the Louisville program, I think he can play both as well. I want to ask you about seeing Makai Becton in person because, as you said, he's just a massive man, but he doesn't seem like some big fat slob like some people think of with offensive linemen. And that's not to say that all offensive linemen are built that way. That's just kind of the stereotype. But you had the opportunity to right. watch Makai Becton up close. Talk to me about what it's like to see that size and speed and strength and athleticism all in one package. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's shocking uh, to be honest with you. I'm now. I've seen. I've seen him, uh, but I did. I didn't think expect him to run a five one at forty at the combine. I mean, that was unbelievable when I saw that. Um, but I mean, he is like you said. He's not out of shape. He's a. It's a very firm three sixty five right now. Um, sad thing is six seven. Uh, might be six nine. One of the two. But he's he's. I mean, he's just gigantic. Uh, you get him in an interview, and you have to look up at him um and it really kind of hurts your neck especially for people who have to hold tv cameras it's, it's pain um even when he sits down he, he like takes up all the space um when you have a sit down interview it's it, he's just a huge human being but he's just so athletic that um and you wouldn't expect that for someone his size he doesn't move like he's 365 pounds he probably moves more than he's like he's 320 uh, 310 and that's i think that adds to his upside i think I was just going to say there's video circulating of Makai Becton on a fast break in a basketball game and then dunking the ball, which is absolutely absurd for a man his size. Kind of reminds me a little yeah. bit of when I would watch MMA back in the old days when Pride was still around. And this is a reference for people that were big MMA fans back years ago. But Antonio Rodrigo Minotaro Noguera was a guy who was 240 pounds, but he could move like a lightweight, and so he was able to tap guys out because he could move around on the ground and do some crazy jiu-jitsu moves and be able to get guys into submissions in a way that bigger guys weren't used to dealing with and didn't know how to defend. 
And it seems like that could kind of be the same thing with Makai Becton because he's such a great athlete for a guy with his size and strength that other players on the defensive side of the ball won't know how to deal with him. Is that more or less what it was like at Louisville? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Um, I think you couldn't put a linebacker there because he would just get thrown, thrown on the ground. You really couldn't put uh, your best defensive end because they, they're still 100 pounds lighter than Makai is. So they still get thrown around a lot. You had to really stunt and and send send bluff blitzes at him and try and try to get somebody free. It was I mean, it's just I think I talked to Eric Edholm from Yahoo um, one day and he said he described it the best to me. I think he told me Makai is the guy who could block out the sun. Like if you put somebody on over there, like Makai's not they're not going to get through him. Um, that's just what it was in college. I mean Louisville when they needed yards, they ran left, um, and most often they get most. Times out of not, they got the yards they needed. There were a few times they even moved Makai inside, where if they needed to go up the middle, um, I mean he just he just cleared his hole anywhere he was, um, and it was a big part of Louisville's offense because they knew they could trust him and they knew they could run that way if they wanted to. No matter what you did, they knew they could go that way. Makai Becton's rep is as a really polished run blocker, but somebody who really needs work in the passing game. I think he took a lot of strides in 2019, and I think Dwayne Ledford's tutelage really was a big part of that. Talk to me a little bit about the reputation versus reality, because as I said, you got to watch him play every single game. What did you see? Yeah, I mean, there weren't many times Makai got beat in pass games. I think the Clemson game was a little bit, um, there was times where Clemson did some things defensively that I think confused not only him, but that whole offensive line. I think they just had an unbelievable game playing against Louisville's offense, which didn't get thrown down much. But when you look at just the production that Louisville had um, in the passing game compared to what they were last year, I think the big part of that were the two tackles. You know, Matai and Tyler Haycraft, who's not a draft prospect, but with the other side of the tackle, I think they did a tremendous job protecting Mikhail Cunningham. Um, and I think I, without without their growth there, they don't have the type of year they had. I mean, there was, weren't many times Makai was giving up pressures or giving up sacks. Uh, he really, I don't think, he, I, I'm trying to remember, but he may not have given up a sack this year. If it was, he only gave up one or two. Um, he was just really, really sound all season for them. Have you talked to Cunningham about Makai Becton? And if so, what has he said about him? Oh, man, I, he loves him. It's Any quarterback that can have a 365-pound left tackle <laughs> to protect him like that, um, he, he's a big fan. He's a big fan. I I mean, I, I can't stress how much really all those teammates love Makai. Just not even for just the things he did on the field, but for just he, how he was off the field. He was just a guy who he wanted to work hard. He wanted to, wants to be the best, um, wants to be the best player on the field. And um, I think that a lot of people gravitated towards not only his play on the field, but his leadership off the field. Was he somebody that was big in the community too? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, this place loves him. I mean, I've never seen a place love an offensive lineman. Like they love Makai Becton. I mean, you're talking about you would go to games and there would be big ticket. His nickname's Big Ticket, and they would have big ticket T-shirts. Uh, his family <laughs> are like celebrities here. Uh, they they love. If you probably polled people for their fan favorite from last year, it was Makai, and it wasn't just because of his play on the field. He was big and like after games, staying after games to talk to sign autographs and talk to kids and take pictures of kids. Um, his, his girlfriend's on the women's basketball team, and he's at every women's basketball game cheering like he's just a just a normal fan um I, people people just love him uh, i couldn't yeah i don't know i it's i've never seen a place like an offensive lineman that much because a lot of times offensive linemen don't get a lot of the pub publicity uh but they they love makai here for sure 
When he was at the Combine, he really put on a show, and he said while he was being interviewed that he would love New York, and he's in a New York state of mind, and of course, that grabbed a lot of attention here because people started to fall in love with him just based on the comments. Louisville, Virginia, and New York are very, very different, and that doesn't mean better or worse, it just means different. How do you think Mekhi Becton would fit in in New York? I think he'd be fine. Um, I think... and that's going to sound pretty cliche, but I think the most important thing to Makai is football. I mean, I, he just really – I mean, I think I when I was talking to Ledford a couple of months, I think it probably was right before the combine, so a little while ago, he said he talked to Makai, and the one thing he told him is that he doesn't want to just be an NFL player. He wants to be the best tackle in the NFL. And I think that's just Makai's focus. I mean, he's a very chill person. He's not out at the bars all the time, at least that I know of. Um, he just kind of just hangs out um, with his people, with his friends, and just focuses on football. Um, and that's kind of how he is. I don't think New York would be too much, too big for him um, because even the media here, we talk to Makai a lot. He's, he's gotten a lot better talking to the media. Uh, so I, I don't think that'd be a problem. He's, he's used to the attention. Obviously, it'd be a little bit more in New York, but he's used to the attention. What do you know about his ability to handle criticism? Because as we're talking about New York, obviously, let's say he came here with the number 11 pick and was struggling. It's possible that fans could really lash out at him. It's possible that the media could really crush him. Is that the kind of thing that he would be able to handle? I think so. Now, now that never really happened here that I know of. But, I mean, like I said, Makai is just, if you put a chip on his shoulder, it's similar to the ACC preseason list. Like you mentioned, obviously, that... He, he knew he didn't get that, and he wanted to prove a lot of people wrong. I think that's just what he would do. He would just get get in the lab and just go go back to work. Makai um, he, he, is truly a worker. He just wants to work as hard as he can um, and prove everybody who doubts him wrong. Um, he just want, I think he re- truly, truly just wants to be the best tackle in the NFL. Um, and if people started criti- criticizing him, I think he would just go back to work and try to try to get better every day. So with the chip on his shoulder, would you say he has a little bit of Richard Sherman in him? And what I mean is always trying to find different ways to motivate himself by finding people that are doubting him so that he can use that to generate the motivation he needs to take his game to the next level. Because we've seen Richard Sherman do that a lot. Richard Sherman is somebody who has been one of the best corners in the league for a really long time, but somehow he always finds people that doubt him so that he can use it to motivate himself. Is that more or less what Makai does? Yeah, no, I don't think he worries too much about what other people say about him. I think mm-hmm. his motivation is more internal. I think mm-hmm. he, it's just more of him saying, I want to be the best, and he knows what he needs to get better at. Um, so he just focuses on that. I don't think he worries too much about what somebody on social media is criticizing him about or what a newspaper is criticizing him about. I think he stays within his circle, listens to his coaches, um, and listens to the feedback he gets from the people he trusts um, and just improves on what he needs to improve on. I don't think he's – He's a, it's a, he's still like, I think he has a chip on his shoulder, but it's a lot different than Richard Sherman. It's more of just an internal tech deal um, that, that Makai has. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. 
They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. We know that Dwayne Ledford really believes in Makai Becton, but does he believe that Makai Becton will be able to come into the NFL right away, start and make an impact, or is this something that will probably take a little bit of time? Because we know that his technique needs some work. Is that something that Ledford thinks can be cleaned up relatively quickly and that he can make an impact as a starter in his rookie year right away? Or is it something where if a team takes him, they're probably going to have to be pretty patient with him? No, I think he thinks he can come in and make an impact right away. Um, I think what Ledford thinks, um, especially can happen. I think he obviously, like I said, he thinks he can be a starter right away. But I think he thinks that the potential of Makai is even higher than where he's at now. So I think if when you start him, um, the more he grows, the better he gets, both in game and out of and out of out of the game, like in practice. I think that he that think that's where he thinks he has a chance. Because he's just he told me a few times that he's unlike anybody he's ever been around, uh, both as a coach or a player, with the size and the things he can do with his size and versatility um and that translates to being a starter and impact guy right away the Jets offense is run by Adam Gase who is known for having let's say a prickly personality and also a very pass happy offense how do you think Makai Becton would fit in an offense like that and do you think he'd be able to deal with a personality like Adam Gase yeah no I think I think he'd be fine personality wise um Makai's pretty respect, respectful guy. I think if his coach tells him something, um, no matter what his personality is like, I think McCaw will, will, will deal with that and move on. But I think uh, in terms of the offense, I think he works fine. Like you said, I've been, I think I've talked to a few experts about kind of who people have really kind of dissected his film a lot more. Um, 
Like he just has, he has to work on some te- te- some technique stuff. Um, but I think everything, any any flaw, I mean, never think say flaw. Any, any anything he needs to improve on is possible. Like it's not like he has a seal. He has a cap for his ceiling. Um, I think when he can improve kind of his hands and improve some of his technique stuff, um, I think he could be one of the best tackles in the NFL. I just it, he doesn't seem to have a flaw on the pass blocking side. It's what, and I think that's what people think he has. Um, he plays it very, very well, better than a lot of people think. Um, and I think that's something that if he was going to the Jets and they were and they needed him to pass block, say 70 percent of the time, I think he'd be fine there, and he'd approve. He'd surprise a lot of people. Cameron, you're a Browns fan. The Browns have the tenth pick ahead of the Jets. We know that the Browns yeah, are going to be looking for an offensive tackle. On a scale of one to ten, yeah. how excited would you be to see this guy that you covered that you're talking about so glowingly play for the Browns? Oh, 15. Oh, 15. <laughs> me, my, me and my friends, I think I went home. I didn't get the chance to go home for Christmas because of the bowl game, so I went home after the bowl game, and me and my uncle and my cousins were talking about the draft, and I was, they, were, they were like, tell us about this kid at Louisville. And I was like, man, for what they want to do, for what um, – it just it just fits. It just fits. I mean, they want to run the ball a lot. They want to go into play action a lot, and that's literally what he did at Louisville. Um, so, man, I I I, I want I really hope Makai's there at ten, and I hope the Browns take Makai. Also, it'd be cool because I think he could really learn a lot from Joe Thomas, who stays around Cleveland a good amount. So, um, I would love Makai to Cleveland. I think he he'd be a perfect fit. And for your purposes, it would be nice because you could probably get an exclusive interview with him right off the bat, right? <laughs> true, true. That would be nice. That would be nice. Although I'd spend most of that interview trying to dig up dirt on all the players. <laughs> People forget. Members yeah. of the media are professionals, but fans too. There's still an element to that. Oh, it's yeah. why people get into covering sports. Cameron, let me ask you a question. Dollars to donuts, yeah. your prediction. What do you think happens with Mackay backed in at the NFL level? Do you think he's going to blossom the way some talent evaluators think he will? Yeah, I do. I, I, I really do. Um, not even because of what he is now, just because of what I, how I, what I know about his personality and how, how much he just wants to be the best player out on the field. Um, I really do think the sky's the limit for him, potential-wise, because of the way he moves and because he's so young and because his mind is so sharp. He wants to learn. He wants to be better. I think if he gets in a – I think the biggest thing for really in a, any NFL prospect, um, you have to get in a franchise that's going to embrace you and push you and be a good place for you. If he gets somewhere where he can learn a lot um, and it's going to continue to push him and motivate him, I think, he, I think man, he could, he could be a Pro Bowl tackle. I really do. I really do. He's got a lot of potential there. Putting your biases aside as a Browns fan, what do you think is the best spot for him? Because we know that there are a bunch of teams – in the top 11 that are looking for a tackle The Jets obviously which is why we're recording This podcast the Browns are Looking for a tackle the Panthers are Probably yeah. looking for a tackle especially After adding Robbie Anderson the wide Receiver from the Jets you've got the Giants That are probably looking for a tackle it's Possible that the Dolphins yeah. Or the Chargers could go tackle so there Are a lot of teams in the mix you could even see somebody Trade up we know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just signed Tom Brady, so they could potentially be looking to trade up from 14 for a tackle. There are a lot of variables yeah. here. What do you think would be the best case scenario for Mackay Becton in terms of where he could go? I think um, I think I don't think a lot of Jets fans will enjoy this, but I think the good spot for him would be the Giants um, because uh, they they really do need a tackle to kind of shore up some things, and they got some weapons there, um, and they're going to want to feed Saquon the ball too. Um, I think that'd be a good spot. I do also think I think if Arizona went tackle, 
that'd be a good spot for him as well. You got a young team with a lot of talent. Um, I think that might might not be a bad spot too. Um, and I mean, if Tampa Bay wants to trade up, I don't think there's any tackle in the world that wouldn't want to wouldn't want to uh, block for Tom Brady. Um, so I think those are three pretty good spots. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go Giants. Um, but I, it's tough there because they got the four, number four spot, and there's a lot of things that they could they they need and they could go for there. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't. If he falls to eleven, I don't see there's a way that the Jets pass on him. I don't think he falls past the top eleven or twelve. Um, he just got too much upside there. I got to be honest with you. I could deal with him going to Arizona because yeah. I think it would be a really interesting offense. If the Jets don't get him. I think that he would be a great fit in Arizona or even Cleveland for your team. But yeah. if he goes to the yeah, Giants, he may as well rip out my heart. I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I figured. That's what I figured. Cameron Teague Robinson of the Courier Journal. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights on Makai Becton. Really appreciate it. For those that want to read your work, including the profiles that you've done on Makai Becton, which seem quite relevant right now, why don't you go ahead and let them know where they can get that. Yeah, yeah, you can read everything at CourierJournal.com. Um, and then you can obviously follow me on Twitter at CJ underscore Teague. I think I got a lot of Makai stuff on there as well. It was a lot of time. I mean, I, I felt like I was writing about or talking about Makai every week during the season. So there's a lot of stuff on there. Go ahead and follow Cameron on Twitter and read his work over at CourierJournal.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review yet, Really appreciate it if you could do that for us. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So we'd be really grateful if you could do that for us. And if you haven't subscribed to the Badlands podcast yet with Joe Caparoso and Connor Rogers, I suggest you do that as well. They just had an excellent show with Brandon Thorne and Connor Hughes going through the latest Jets news in terms of free agency and what fans can expect the Jets to do in the draft. And Brandon Thorne broke down the offensive linemen that the Jets have added over the last couple of weeks. Plus, Joe and Connor are in the middle of doing something where if you subscribe, all of your money goes to the city of Hoboken and their relief efforts for what's going on right now with the coronavirus. So you're contributing to a great cause as well. Make sure that you go to Podbean and subscribe, or you can get all the information on Twitter at Jay Caparoso or at Connor J. Rogers. Thank you so much again for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with Joe Blewett breaking down the film of Makai Becton. In the meantime, make sure that you visit the place where you can get the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, and you know where to go for that. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.